You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. Uh, we're coming to you right across Australia from Hobart, and also we have David Maxwell from Launceston this morning continuing his series titled Amazing Love. Welcome, David. Good to be here, Jason. Yeah, good to have you here again. Now, uh, before we get into our, our our program and before I ask you just uh, a question about yourself, uh, I just want to share with our listeners our program number. Now, this number is just for Tassie Encounters and you can text us queries, questions, feedback or you can take advantage of our offers that we offer and that number is 488 880891. Remember to put that in your phone or write it on a bit of paper, stick it on the fridge, wherever you need to put it uh, to remember it. 0488 880891. And you can use that uh, throughout our programs. And we do encourage you to, to yeah, connect with us. Uh, we like to hear what you've got to say and any questions you've got. Now, David, uh, you've been a pastor for about seven years. I think you've told us before you've been in the Air mm. Force and uh, as a uh, uh, an aircraft mechanic, and uh, but somehow you ended up as a pastor. Tell us, how did you get to be a pastor? Yeah, that's a really good question and an interesting story too. For me, certainly, uh, I, I started – once I got out of the Air Force – I, I was challenged uh, around about that time. I was only just a new Christian, and I was challenged to um, actually see what God wanted for my life. And as I started following in that direction, I found there was something that he called me to that I just didn't have the faith to step out and do. And you know, God is so good to us. Um, he's patient, and he was very patient with me. So I started a course of different types of jobs. I worked in restaurants. Uh, I was a cook. I was a restaurant manager. I, I ended up also working in project management for a mining company, and I ended up in IT for about 14 years, thinking that this was the direction God wanted for my life. And as I look back uh, after, <laughs> after all these years, I see how God was just closing one door after another. Mm. And leading me gradually back to him. And then in 2008, uh, God called me very, very directly. I, was, I went along to a, a recommended weekend by another pastor who had asked my wife and I to, to attend. And it was about what, what was it like being a pastor and what was it like being called into pastoral ministry. And as, I, as we sat and listened there, I felt the very, very direct call of God, and I, it was what I'd heard before, but this time I was willing to listen. Mm. And so as we, we prayed and we asked God to give us direction, the very next day he, he gave me a verse as I was praying and I was asking God to lead and direct and, and, and give us some some kind of a sign, I guess a little bit like Gideon put out the fleece and one day it was wet, one day it was dry and that was confirmation for him that God was following, that God was leading and so he then stopped asking and he just started doing. Well I did the same thing and I asked God very clearly you know, what is it that you want us to do and we are willing to do whatever you ask mm. and he gave me a verse it was Luke 5.11 that very day and as I opened it up and I started reading it I saw that here was the call of Peter, James, and John. And in that call, 
they left everything. They just caught this amazing catch of fish that was more than likely enough for about a year's wage. And in those days, that was that was a lot of money to catch, or a lot of fish to catch and, and a lot of money to be able to sell them for. And that would have changed their life to be able to have that in one day. But they recognised that Jesus was the one that gave it to them. And before he called, he blessed. And he'd done the same in our life before he called, he'd blessed. And we often don't use the blessings as we should, but nevertheless, I recognised the call. And as I recognised that call, I then took it to prayer every day after that. And every day, he continued to open and open the doors and lead and direct me. And for me, it gave me so much comfort to know that this was actually God's leading. He, he was directing us. So we just started to follow. You know, we sold our house. We moved across the country. We did so many different things. And God led and provided every step of the way and I think it's fascinating to see how God moves in your life if you're just willing to step out and follow yeah amen there's uh, so much truth to that that you know God is patient with us Um, I'm sure he calls us every day but we don't always listen but uh, sometimes uh, events happen in our life that really get to a point where we can't but help listen you know that something happens and we realize hey god's actually really trying to get my attention now and Mm. yeah so that's great thanks for for sharing that david and uh, Mm. of course it doesn't mean that if you work in it you can't uh, be following god but uh, (laughs) but of course for you uh you became convicted that 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 was a calling that uh, god was placing on you yes very much yeah, so um, today our topic is He Comforts Me, and yes. uh, we're continuing in Psalm 23. That's right. Um, so uh, I guess we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, um, well, look, we're, we're looking at the – we've looked so far at the uh, direct attributes of, Christ, of, of uh, our Good Shepherd, Jesus, our Good Shepherd, and that's in the first half of Psalms 23. Maybe I'll read that again just to remind our listeners. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want – or shall not lack any good things we discovered. He makes me to lie down in green pastures or pastures that are lush, and 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 he wants us to rest, doesn't he? Mm. He leads me beside the still waters. He takes us to specific places. He restores my soul, the whole of me, everything. That's what his desire is. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, so that he will be glorified. And we're benefited from that. So verse 4, what does verse 4 say, Jason? We'll read that for today. Yeah, so our study today, verse 4 is, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yeah, that's that's a, it's a powerful verse, and this is the one we're going to look at today. So how about I pray for our listeners today? Yes. Lord, thank you that we can open your word. Thank you for these words that we've heard already. And Lord, as we go through them today and and try and understand them a bit more, Lord, speak to us, we ask in your name. Amen. Amen. So I want to use an illustration to start to help to illustrate this topic today. Um, In 2017, I got a reality check. Often as we grow up, we believe we're immortal, nothing's going to bother us. But in 2017, I I was diagnosed with a chronic illness. And it was a reality check for me because I thought I had a long time. <laughs> and, and I believe I still do. It's in check at the moment. 
but I, I had some time as I got this realization, as I got the diagnosis. I had some time to spend in careful contemplation of what might lie ahead, you know, and it was a sobering thought at the time. It was a sobering thought of what's really important. Uh, it helped me to refocus what I was doing, um, refocus the direction I was heading in, even as even um, in this called pastoral ministry. What, what was it that was of critical importance in my life? And what was I spending the most time in? Mm. So, you know, when death is expected, either forced or, you know, naturally or or by some event or circumstance, it can bring this dark cloud of depression or foreboding uh, of what is for many an unknown uh, sequence of events uh, ahead. And, and, and the David of the Bible actually faced many of these moments uh, in his life. And here, as he writes, I, I can almost imagine he's possibly in one of the cave experiences that he had, hiding from, from Saul or whatever it was in his mind at the time. And he's thinking about this shadow of death, this thing that, that's, that's hovering over him, that's giving him a fear of uh, or a foreboding of what might be ahead. Because I guess they didn't understand as much as we do about death today. But nevertheless, they did have a pretty clear picture of what it was like. Mm. So he faced many of these moments in his life. And here he writes about the reasons that bring him hope and peace, and we'll look at some of these today, including the one on comfort. Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be a good study, David. I know I've been through these moments that uh, you've been talking about, and mm. uh, when you, I guess, what, what they say, you stare death in the face. <laughs> mm. um, it's uh, it's definitely a reality check, and you know, it might not be ourselves that go through it. It might be somebody close to us that's going through a difficult time. But uh, mm. I guess mm. that's the time when we need to turn to some of these scriptures and the promises that God has given us. And so we're going to have a listen now to this. Uh, it's a beautiful hymn, actually. I think it's a modern hymn called Yet Not I But Through Christ. And uh, hopefully this will, will give our listeners some hope this morning.
But through Christ in me, and that's performed by City Alight. Now we've been talking with Pastor David Maxwell from Launceston, and he's been talking us through uh, Psalm 23. We're studying in particular this morning verse 4, where it talks about um, that God gives us comfort. So, David, we're going to explore this a bit more. And, yeah, uh, that's right, yeah. Jason. Yeah, look, it's it's really good as we dig deep into some of these verses. So this is one way of studying the Bible. Other ways is you read a whole section and see what God is saying in that whole section. But a good way to study the Bible to get the most out of it is to actually dig very, very deeply into each verse, uh, reread it, uh, think about it, contemplate, look in other places that support it. And we're going to do a little bit of that today. Firstly, as I look at this particular section, I've also been looking at the original language uh, explanations because it adds a depth of of understanding that we might not otherwise see. And we look at the Hebrew of this particular verse. A direct translation is also when I walk in a valley of death shadow or gloom, 
I will fear, I will not fear evil because you are with me, and your rod and your staff they comfort me. It's very similar to what's there, but as we first look at this this particular phrase at the beginning, when I walk in a valley of death's shadow or gloom, I will not fear evil. One of the other people in the Bible that jumps out at me is Job. You know, he had mm. this gloom or death's shadow hanging over him, and it's you know often death is not. Uh, as fearful for people as the actual death themselves uh, itself, but the, the the things that are surrounding it, you know, that's what people are often fearful of. Yeah. And as we look at this particular um, person, I would like to just turn back to Job and and read just a couple of verses of something that Job said in Job ten twenty to twenty two, and in verse twenty he says, "Are not my days few? Cease, leave me alone, that I may take a little comfort." Before I go to the place from which I shall not return, to the land of darkness and the shadow of death, same phrase here, a land as dark as darkness itself, as the shadow of death without any order, where even the light is like darkness. So someone like Job, you know, you, you, many people who are listening will, will remember the story of Job and how he, he, he had this constant suffering. And for him, it was actually, as I read this, here's a man in deep depression. Mm. It was actually for him, death was a place where he felt, felt it would give him some relief from this constant suffering that he was facing. I, I, I really uh, appreciate the book of Job because, you know, we do go through difficult times in life and it's really easy to uh, blame God and to blame other people and other things. But you know, the book of Job talks about in the very early parts that, that this is all as a result of this spiritual battle that's going on behind the scenes, and exactly. we don't see that so often. Yeah. But uh, it's it's so great to have uh, that story where where we can have a little bit of an explanation as to what's actually going on behind the scenes as well. Yeah, you're right, Jason. And we also see in Job, when we look at those first two chapters, who's responsible for this suffering. Yeah, we see right. that it's not God. No. It's not God. It's Satan. Yeah. It's actually God who prevents a worse thing from happening. He puts these limits around what Satan's allowed to do. Yeah. If you know, if God just let him have free reign, it'd be terrible. Mm. Absolutely terrible. You couldn't imagine how bad it'll be. Mm. But for those of you who experienced, who have experienced or are experiencing depression, you know that it's very much like this this dark cloud that's over us. There seems to be no silver lining, no hope for something better, and life doesn't seem you know like worth living anymore. Mm. But David's affirming in Psalms twenty three verse four that even when we're facing this greatest challenge of life, our own mortality, we don't need to fear any evil because of what God's already discovered. Well, what we've already discovered about uh, our good shepherd we don't need to allow satan to instill this fear into us and and why should christians fear death anyway you know yeah. I, if we believe what god says about what's ahead for us you know this is where i think perhaps people not so much fearful of the death itself but the the events surrounding death uh, if we're sure of our salvation then the future is not such a such a worry but there there can be those times when you know the the what's the gloom that surrounds our death can be can be very oppressive, um, very scary for many people. Mm. Um, death without Christ really is the end. It's a separation, completely you know separated from God. But John one four to five in the Bible here it contrasts the gloom of this sinful world with the light of salvation that comes 
from Christ. And and I'd like to read that for you, you know, in, in, in John chapter 1. Let me just quickly turn there and, and read it for you. Uh, here it's a, it's a verse that some may have read before, and it says here that in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness didn't comprehend it. So here John contrasts the light of Christ with the darkness of the world. And, you know, when we look around us, Jason, there's a whole lot of darks, darkness, isn't there? There is for sure, and uh, it's it's amazing. Um, I've just got a very short story to share, uh, David, and we hadn't planned yeah. this, but it's so relevant, you know. Um, somebody wandered into our church uh, some time ago and uh, he was from another country. He'd been uh, attending some churches for a little while. But um, one of the questions that came up early on in our discussion was, was uh, you know, what was sort of different about the country that he came from versus, you know, the country that he's in now? And mm. he was really interested in exploring the Christian faith. And the reason was that he says, Christians don't fear death. And mm. and the place that he'd come from, his his home country, um, that was a big thing. People feared death because I guess they didn't know yeah. what was on the other side. And I think this is where we can really have um, this assurance in in what God has planned for us after death that uh, other people don't have that. Yeah, you're right, Jason. You're right. And, and, you know, Jesus himself, as he comes, we have all these multiple writers in the Bible that record this contrast between the light and the dark. John does it. Matthew does it. Matthew records Jesus quoting a a prophecy in Isaiah where he points, where uh, Isaiah, God through him, points to Christ as the light. And then Jesus quotes it. Um, or, or sorry, Matthew quotes it as Jesus begins his ministry, quoting that uh, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali in, in chapter 4 of Matthew, by the way of the sea, uh, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, talking about Christ and him coming. Mm. Um, so, so too, you know, David in, in Psalms 23, 4 goes on to describe why we don't need to fear. You know, he says, for you are with me. Mm. And that's a really big thing. You know, as we spoke about last week, when you face trials, it helps that someone goes before you. You know, when I joined at 15 in the Air Force, it was a really daunting prospect. But my two brothers had gone before me, and so I had a lot more confidence. And as we talked about last week, when we face those trials, it's good that we know that someone has gone before us, because when someone goes before, like Christ did, we we can see that Jesus did it. Jesus knows what we face. Mm. And if he's the light that shines in our darkness, we rely on him, and it gives me comfort it gives me great comfort that Jesus knows what I'm going through. Mm, absolutely. So, um, you know, I guess many people fear this death and, and they go through deep depression. Mm. Um, why do you think that is? Yeah, I think, like I said, Jason, it's it's because they they don't know what's ahead. For yeah. many people, they just they don't know what's ahead. I had that experience where... I don't need to fear the evil that possibly was ahead because my brothers went before me. Mm. Uh, I don't need to fear what's ahead for a Christian walk because 
Jesus gone before me. And coming back to that illustration that I opened with, you know, I, I found that Jesus gave me very clear direction about which way to go in my life. And so at that point, then I was willing to accept whatever was ahead. You know, often I don't, I, I don't want to know everything. I need to know everything that's ahead for me. I just need to know that the path that Christ wants to take me on is the path he's putting in front of me. And once I know that's the path, I simply take that path and I know that he'll look after me. Yeah, that gives me a lot of comfort. Yeah, it's that it's that promise of there's something there, there's something uh, in the future for us that uh, we can hang on to, even though right now we can't see it or we can't feel it. We can trust in the word that God has given us. Mm. Um, so let's go to a break. Um, this song, yeah, talks about some challenges here. It's uh, called "There Is a Mountain." Many people face different challenges. And uh, we know that um, if we hang on to our trust in God through those challenges, that he can carry us through. So this is by Carolyn Cobb. There is a mountain.
There's a Mountain by Caroline Cobb. Now we're speaking with Pastor David Maxwell this morning and we're talking about the topic of comfort and that comfort that we get from our hope and trust in God. Now uh, many people I guess uh, feel a bit hopeless in this world and our book today that we're going to be giving away is called Hope for a Helpless Planet. And so um, I'll just read a little bit more about that. You know, is Jesus really coming soon? That's the big question. It's an age-old question, but seldom has the need for an accurate answer been more keenly felt than today because so many people are hopeless. Everywhere we turn, it seems the world is falling apart. War, political unrest, an economy teetering on the edge of disaster. We live on a helpless planet filled with people desperate for hope. But there is good news. Jesus has given us this wonderful assurance and promise. Let not your heart be troubled. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. So in Hope for a Helpless Planet, you'll discover how he will come again and how to be ready to meet him. So um, that's our book, uh, Hope for a Helpless Planet by Chris Holland. And the number to get that on is 0488-880-891. And just after the next um, song, we'll give you the code for that. Now, David, um, we were yeah talking about the comfort that God offers us. And uh, I guess this book's going to uh, help with that as well. But you've got a bit more to say before we finish our program today. Yes, I do. Thanks, Jason. Look, that that's a really brilliant book. And, you know, if you get that, that will help to bring some hope to us as well. You know, this time in most people's life is a, is a really challenging time. You know, we face our own mortality. And unfortunately, we don't get a practice run for the end of our life. Mm. Uh, most people don't. Some, some are fortunate that they do. You know, they, they feel this, this coming on uh, and then they might go through some period of, of medical treatment and they get a reprieve. But for most of us, you don't get a practice run. Mm. And, and so as I explained, one reason we don't have to be afraid 
is that Jesus has gone before us, even in this, even in our death, even in death. And Satan's already defeated, uh, sorry, Jesus has already defeated Satan on the cross. He dies on our behalf. Three days later, he breaks the shackles of the grave and he rose again, defeats the power of death. And, and, and so, that's, that's really key, isn't it? Because what, what we believe as Christians is that because he has already risen from the grave that, and he's promised that he will raise us from the grave, that, that's really that hope, isn't it? That's right. I mean, who better than to walk beside us in these these most difficult times of our life? I mm. mean, when when we're filled with dread, I was driving the other day uh, through um, a mountainous area. Uh, it was about, oh, I think it was about a week ago. Uh, maybe might have been a bit more than that. Now my memory sometimes fades me, fails me. And we were driving through this mountain, a peak, and it was it was late in the day. And on the side of the road, there was still heavy frost from the morning. The, the light hadn't even penetrated to that part of the road and, and melted the frost from the morning. And sometimes that's what these, these dark times feel like. It feels like there's no light penetrating. And it can, it can be really oppressive. But, but Jesus knows. He knows what it feels like to be overwhelmed. And, and as he's in the garden, he, he prays that his father will take away this oppression. And, and then he submits to God's will and says, but if this is what you want, I'll, I'll let it be. Let it be, and I think that's a, a fabulous. That you know, all through his ministry, he was attacked, accused. Uh, he always had to be on guard. The religious leaders were looking for ways to trap him in his words, so, and you might have come across that yourself. But as he struggles in the garden, as he struggles under the weight of the sin of the world, he pleads, "God, please release me from the burden." But he bears it, bears it for us anyway, and then God sends angels to comfort him, give him strength. I think that's and, and when. I think that's key, David. That that so often we want God to take our problems away. We want it to mm. to be to disappear, rather than asking for God for comfort and strength to actually take us through it. Which is what, you know, Jesus committed to going through that anyway. Despite, you know, he didn't want to do it, as we don't want to face difficult times. But no, yeah, no, no. We we feel sometimes really alone, and and that's that comes with this this shadow of death, if you like, the gloom that surrounds us. You know, we mm. feel crushed by life's events. Uh, we feel uh, uh, we, we need help, but we find no human help. Mm. And, and you know, we reach out to people and they just say, well, God bless you, and they don't know how to help. Maybe, they, maybe just they're afraid themselves that if they get too involved, it will drain them. I don't know what it is. But, mm. but the thing is, when we find no human help, Jesus knows what that was like. You know, he goes into the garden and he wants his disciples to accompany him you know the, the god of the universe hmm. as jesus god in flesh wants human help he says you know come and pray come with and pray, me yeah. support me support me and what do they do they, they fell fall asleep. asleep yeah too tired because it doesn't seem to be affecting them they don't know what he's going through hmm. but conversely jesus does know what we're going through and that's important you know when you know what somebody's going through then you can help them more Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's arrested. None stick around because they're not prepared. And and Christ wants us to be prepared. He wants us to be involved in other people's lives as well. Mm. But when we face the valley of the shadow of death, you know, as unfair, daunting, gloomy as it might be, we can lean on the arm of the one who has walked that path before us, and we can take courage from His strength, even when we have no strength from people around us. 
And that, for me, is such a comfort to know that, you know, when I was facing those times of of challenge, of mortality, of realising that, hey, David, you don't live forever. Hey, you're not bulletproof. Hey, life affects you too. I, I could actually think, all right, well, Jesus walked this road as well. He was burdened by the weight of the cross. This is so much more than I'm facing. He was more concerned about the ones that were with him, the ones that God had given him to look after. And so he weeps for them. He hangs on the cross, eventually that cruel cross. And as he hangs on the cross, he makes provision for his mother's care Mm. and the salvation of someone hanging on the cross with him. You know, right beside him. He cares for others, even at these most difficult times of his life. And for me, this gives me a lot of comfort, um, Jason, because if if Christ at his most oppressed can look outside of himself through the strength that God gives him, that's a powerful encouragement for me. That's how much... God's light can penetrate into my life, can penetrate, can melt that frost that doesn't get the sun. You know, he can melt that. He can He can push away that darkness enough that I can still see the needs of others. And, and I've witnessed that in hospital beds where people are at their end and they're glowing with hope. They're glowing with comfort because Christ is close. His life, the light of the world, illuminates our eternal future. We can be assured that very, very soon none of the evil in this world will ever harm us again. Um, and I know <laughs> I know you're looking forward to that. I I'm certainly certain. am. Yeah, I certainly am. Um, that time when, uh, you know, there is no more sickness and suffering and pain and all that sort of thing. So um, we're going to go to a break. And uh, it's just um, a reminder here that we don't have to go through things alone. This song is called You Don't Have to Bear Your Burdens Alone. And, uh, you know, we may have, uh, you know, friends, we may have people that can help us through, and it's okay to, to reach out and, and call for help. But ultimately the one who will never let us down uh, is, is God, is Jesus. So um, this song talks about that. Someone to 
Jessica King with You Don't Have to Bear Your Burdens Alone. What did you think of that song, David? Oh, that was just a fabulous song, a Isn't really it? fabulous song. Nice and uplifting, and it's got a, yeah, sort of a positive feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feed really well into what we're going to talk about next. Good. Um, so just before we go on, I did promise the code for our book today, Hope for a Helpless Planet. And that code is amazing and number five. Now, if you're going to text in to 0488880891, text in just amazing five. No spaces, no gaps, just amazing five. And just don't include anything else in the message. And then our system will pick that up and uh, we'll be able to get that book out to you. Hope for a Helpless Planet. 0488880891 with the code amazing five. Right, David, we're on the mm. home stretch today. Um, mm. We've got a little bit more to share. Yeah, look, there's another reason why, you know, we're we looking at comfort, why we can be reassured in these dark times. And just like uh, Jessica was singing in the song, you don't have to bear your burdens alone, you know, we often do feel really alone. And so there's another reason we can take comfort from our Good Shepherd. And it's shown in the remainder of the verse, it says your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, uh, you know, when I grew up, a rod and a staff was was something that um, was, well, I used to get disciplined with a rod, if you like. Um, and, and it wasn't very comforting. It was quite <laughs> hurtful, actually. Mm. I can remember the welts on my legs. <laughs> but here, this is not what it's talking about. Um, when we look at things in context, it's often very helpful. We learn so much more. A shepherd's rod was a 60 to 90 centimetre metal-tipped implement used to ward off wild animals. And the staff was actually used to guide and pull the sheep out of trouble. Yeah. My dad used to take a stick when he'd go walking, and uh, he would always take this stick. It'd protect him against the dogs. 
and he was often attacked when he was going walking. He didn't have the rules that we have today in the local councils. And so dogs would just be free to roam and, and sometimes these dogs would come running out of their homes and attack him so he would hit the, hit the, the dogs and keep himself safe. So when I look at this image, I think that's a really good image that the, the rod is not to hit the sheep, it's to hit the enemies, it's to protect. Yeah. Um, and our good shepherd has a rod of iron, you know, it's not just a rod of wood, it's no one can break this, no one can defeat it. So unless he wills, no harm can come to us if we put our lives into his care and keeping. And this is something that, that Job experienced, you know, as he looks back, as he looks back, he can see God's... Um, goodness as he restores everything to him mm. so the staff is also mentioned in the bible and it, and it, a staff in the bible is often used to represent god's presence so have a look do some bible word searches about what a staff is all about and what you'll find is that where a staff is mentioned often often nearly nearly always when i've looked at it it's talking about the presence of God. So in Judges 6.21, the angel of the Lord has a staff in his hand and it symbolizes the presence of God. In 1 Samuel 17.40, I want to read this first because this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, <clears throat> David and Goliath. Now, I want to ask you, Jason, what did David defeat Goliath with? Some rocks, little, um, a few rocks in uh, a sling. Yeah, that was a trick question. That's what everyone that's what everyone says and and look, that's the focus of the story is he slings those rocks and knocks the giant down. But when you look at what happens before it, in verse thirty nine he takes off all the armor that Saul gives him. He says, Oh look, these are these are obviously too heavy, I haven't tested them. I can't wear this, I can't wear this. And in verse forty in first Samuel seventeen it says, Then he took his staff in his in hand. His hand. Mm. And he chose for himself five smooth stones. We overlooked the staff bit, mm. and 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 as we re, as I've just uh, highlighted, the staff often represents God's presence. So he takes God's presence in his hand. Now that could have been quite uh, obstructive in his, you know, putting a stone in his sling and throwing the sling. But he keeps the staff. He keeps the presence of God. Without the presence of God, that stone probably would have missed. You know, it would have maybe bounced off his armor or something. But because he had the presence of God, that's what gave him victory. David, Not so much the stone. Just asking about the staff, and this might be slightly off track, but uh, is the staff? Um, you, know, you often see pictures of shepherds with a with a a staff that's got a sort of a hook on the end. Is that what we're talking about here? That's correct. Right. That's correct. So the rod is a straight one with a yeah. piece of metal on the end, yeah. but the staff is the one that you often see as a shepherd's crook. And they can um, they can pull the sheep out of holes or whatever. Correct, correct. They can um, put it around their neck and yeah. um, pull them out of the bushes and things like that. Okay. So here, David takes his staff in his hand, the, the presence of God, symbolising that the, 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 the Holy Spirit, you know, God with him, We'll, we'll do the battle. He will fight the battle. And, and he says that. The battle is the Lord's. Mm. And many times when they're fighting, they, they say, no, the battle is the Lord's. I just read this morning there was a story where, where they didn't even have to fight. God's people didn't even have to fight. God said, just stand there and I'll deliver you. And he did. And that's, that's, that's something that gives me great comfort because it's not just a human giving me comfort at these difficult times in my life. It's God. And he says, if you take the staff, you take my presence with you. 
You'll, he will guide you and he'll take you the right path. He'll pull us out of trouble when we fall. And he is in control of what happens to us. Mm. It doesn't mean everything's good, but our lives can have complete guidance and divine protection when nothing, nothing happening to us that God hasn't first permitted. And that gives me a lot of comfort, a lot of comfort. So how do you, how do you deal with this, uh, I guess, thought that many people have that, um, you know, God brings bad upon us. You know, we're saying that God is good and he rescues us, but but many also blame God for the bad things. Yeah, look, I'm not saying that. Um, what well, When we read the story of Job, you read chapter 1, chapter 2, you clearly see Job. Uh, um, Job is the one in, under oppression, but Satan's the one that comes and says, I, I want you to do this. God says, no, I'm not going to do it. But I will allow you to do this much, no more. And at the end of the the book, uh, all of his friends come and they console him. And it says there, they give him things for all that the Lord has done to him. So that it was their understanding more than anything. Um, you know, the, God knows our limits. He knows our limits. Uh, and and he works with what we know and what happens around us, you know, what we can see. We can't see everything. We can't see the spiritual. But God works with that anyway. And so uh, the, when you read those verses, he says that they think that God did everything. But when you read the beginning of the book, you clearly see things that Job didn't see. We get to see what was going on behind the scenes, and we can see that it wasn't God doing it, mm. even though that's what they thought. Yeah. So oftentimes that, that can be our challenge. Um, so, yeah, go on. So how do you uh, summarise today's program? We've got a couple of minutes left. Yeah, so look, in, in summary, you know, in, in 2017, as I contemplated my own mortality, I found real peace and comfort to know that if this was it, if my time was up, although I was sad for those who'd be left behind and had to continue on, I was satisfied that God had led me this far and he would stay beside me to the end. You know, when we were looking for that direction in ministry, we asked very specific questions. And as I was I was opening the Bible and, and, and going to read something, I was going to go back to what I should have been reading from the week before. And and I had this 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 thought in my head, this is the voice of God, that wasn't my thought. And it said, David, forget the past, just start where you are. Forget the past, just start where you are. I heard it twice. Hmm. And so I left where I was and I read that verse and it said, you know, put everything in God's hands. Hmm. Leave it all, follow me, and you'll be you'll be looked after. And I found real peace and comfort. I found real peace and comfort to know that whatever was ahead, when we face these gloomiest times in our lives, we can know that Jesus has walked this path before us. So whatever you're facing today, you can rely on Jesus' strength through the Holy Spirit. You can take that staff with you. You can be assured of ultimate victory over evil, and you don't need to fear it, because Jesus has already overcome it. He's been through that death. So may I encourage you today to put your hand in his, allow him to lead, guide and protect and comfort even in your darkest moments. When I walk through the valley of gloom, I will not fear evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And it's so important to remember that God can take us through the valley. He doesn't always take away the challenge, but he can mm. take us through and he can comfort us in the meantime. Mm. Well, just a reminder of our offer for today. It is the Hope for a Healthless Planet book by Chris Hollard. 
And the code is AMAZING50488880891. That's the word AMAZING5, no spaces. And if you text that to 0488880891, we will get that book out to you. Now, David, what have you got planned for us next Friday? So next Friday, we're going to look at the the final part of this verse, and we're going to look at a a title. um, The the presentation will be entitled, He Vindicates Me, as we discuss that together, Jason. Awesome. And uh, not tomorrow, on Monday, after the weekend, we have... David Leo, uh, he's going to be starting on the book of Mark with his uh, series Encounters with Jesus, and he's going to be studying Behold the Lamb of God. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, uh, what are you up to this weekend, David? Well, this weekend, tomorrow, if you have never experienced taking the Last Supper or the that Jesus in- initiated as a replacement to the Passover to remember that great sacrifice he did for us, and that, that, that really provides us with comfort, and you'd like to, well, join us at the Seventh-day Adventist Church at 11 o'clock tomorrow in Launceston, 125 Talbot Road. We'd love to see you there. Come and see what that's all about, because that gives us real comfort too. That's awesome. Well, we hope that uh, whatever you've got planned for this weekend, if you're in Launceston, feel free to check in uh, to the Launceston Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, But otherwise, uh, we just pray that uh, you have a good weekend um, and, yeah, you'll feel God with you today. Thanks for having me, Jason. See you next week, David. Mm